Hey everybody, welcome to Nutty Buddy Entertainment. My name is Ryan, I'm your host today, and today we are going to talk about episode 2 of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This episode was entitled The Star-Spangled Man, and this uh, was a really good episode. It does a little bit of a deep dive into John Walker, gives us a little bit of backstory, and the dynamic or the relationship between Sam and Bucky, and we learn a little bit more about the Flag Smashers. Before we begin the rest of the breakdown, I ask that you please uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, uh, join me on Instagram, uh, Nutty Buddy Entertainment, and if you have any comments, questions, concerns, email me at nuttybuddy at gmail.com. So let's start our scene-by-scene breakdown of The Star-Spangled Man, Episode 2 of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we get into our first scene, and our first scene is of John Walker. And I really like what uh, Disney does here because really they kind of humanize him for us a little bit. We get to see his high school locker room, find out he was like a big football star. He won every game, and we got to even meet his high school sweetheart, his best friend, Lamar Hoskins, and the relationships that he had developed over the years. Now, as we find out later, uh, Lamar Hoskins is Battlestar. Now, Battlestar in the comics um, was basically John Walker's right-hand man. That's the easiest way to put it. Uh, He helped John Walker when he became Captain America. And even before that, he he was part of a group that... uh, worked for Super Patriot, John Walker's Super Patriot. But we're just going to focus focus on the Captain America aspect of it. Now, it's interesting because he also realized the pressure he was under. He, uh, he was so worried about failing people. And then his uh, sweetheart said, uh, just be yourself, they'll love you. And it's like, well, no, I think most people you know that are watching actually don't like him as Captain America. So that was kind of a funny statement because uh, she felt like people would uh, embrace him. And when you listen to the reaction from most everybody who saw Captain America last week, they're like, this guy is not cool at all, basically. So him and Lamar have a... um, pretty uh, cool interaction we kind of get their backstory that they were special ops they were handling things in the military but now he has to switch his role handshakes suits and when we go into the next scene we'll talk about how like he basically becomes captain america before captain america uh, became a hero where he's doing like these uh tours of areas to be welcomed and sort of known in public uh, notoriety he was signing like action figures of himself he was high-fiving the crowd and the you know the dancing and him doing the interview kind of reminded you of what happened in Captain America the first movie when Steve was doing the same thing after the uh, general didn't want to use him even though he was a super soldier. Uh, Lamar also mentioned that this job comes with expectations. And I think like 
John knows that. And that's what, you know, he's worried about. And he kind of comes off as sort of like a, a humble guy. But we also know he's a very aggressive guy. Uh, because he's, uh, his friend told him there's no more punching your way out of situations. So he, we're going to see this as the episode develops of how when he gets mad, he kind of, he lets it, he get he gets angry pretty easily. He gets provoked. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that. And then when we get into the next scene, it was the Good Morning America interview. So John Walker um, is, is trying to be humble during that interview. We learned that he has three Medal of Honors. He has uh, tested high in speed, endurance, and intelligence, uh, and that his his body was studied to find that out. And even though he's trying to be humble, you can see that like the the interviewer is like kind of feeding into her, his pride. And I wonder if that's something that he he has, or is he going to become sort of like a haughty person because he's Captain America? And you kind of again see that as the show develops. Where in this situation he was humble, but uh, further on in the episode, he kind of like when he um, released Bucky, he's like, uh, the therapist was like, well, who who's ordered that? And, and he's like, oh, pff, me, I did it. So he kind of lets the power get to him or, you know, again, this is just him putting on a show. Now, um, remember in the Hulk, Blonsky, the guy who became the abomination he was given a little bit of that super soldier formula and although he was better than everyone else um it didn't make him strong enough to defeat the hulk obviously and then they gave him a little more and then a little more and eventually became the abomination so i'm wondering here if john walker did receive a little bit of a super soldier formula to make him faster, endure more, more intelligent. And we'll talk about why I think it's only a little bit and not like a full dose or whatever um, as we get further into the episode. So he said uh, then during the interview that Captain America uh, needs to have guts and he has guts. And he said that's something Steve had. And although that's true, it kind of goes back to uh, that scene in Captain America where the general threw the grenade. And right before he threw the grenade, he said, um, good soldiers need guts. So I think that's really telling us that what John Walker is, is a good, sto uh, good soldier. But Steve, he wasn't picked because he was a good soldier. He had a good heart. He was a compassionate man. And in fact, specifically, he was a good man. And that's why he was picked to be Captain America. So it's kind of interesting because the general uh, who wanted to pick someone else other than Steve was more worried about getting a good soldier instead of a good person. Well, now we have a good soldier instead of a good person being Captain America. So we're going to see how that all um, unfolds. Now, Bucky's watching this and he hears um, John Walker say that he wants to keep people stay safe. 
and that Steve gave him hope. But when Bucky was watching this, he was watching with his like thousand thousand mile stare, the thousand yard stare he has throughout the episode that get, keeps getting brought up. And uh, we'll see why because um, as we get into our next scene, our next scene, we'll see that Bucky confronts Sam. Now, before Bucky confronts him, Sam is noticing all these flyers uh, kind of advertising the new Captain America. So it's it's really hurting him that he's uh, John Walker's the new Captain America. And the first thing Bucky says to him, the first words he said, you should not have given up the sh uh, up the shield, Sam. And um, it is revealed to us that Sam didn't know that they were going to pick a different Captain America and it broke his heart. I'm kind of wondering because there is no indication at this point if he was forced to give up the shield. He 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 kind of makes it sound like it's his choice. Like that's what he wanted to do. And even later on in the episode he mentions I wanted I wanted to do what I felt was right. But why did he feel like giving up the shield was the right thing to do that that's the interest like like i'm thinking like is the government holding something over that him or said okay if you want your freedom you gotta give up your shield or something like that because technically he was a criminal is that how he like sort of bought his freedom not to go to jail because he didn't agree or or um you know, with the Sokovia Accords, he didn't sign them. I, I, I'm just kind of curious about that. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, um, in the same scene, Sam is looking for the Flag Smashers, and they found that uh, Red Wing found a lead. Um, and then they mentioned the Big Three, which was a pretty funny scene, the alien androids and wizards. Uh, Bucky <laughs> mentions Gandalf, uh in reference to the Hobbit back in 1937, which just shows that Bucky is sort of a nerd, which is kind of cool. And then Sam makes one of the uh, funniest points uh, uh, that uh, s the difference between sorcerers and wizards is uh, that wizards wear hats, basically. So they go together. They leave. Um, he... You can tell that there is some animosity between the two. There's some annoyance between the two uh, throughout their um, relationship together, which we'll get into. I think personally that Sam has some animosity for the two years that they, Captain America and Sam were on the run. And then obviously we'll, we'll talk a little bit about why... Um, Bucky, it has animosity towards Sam. So they get on the airplane and we find out again, like Sam can't call Bucky Buck because only Steve could because Steve had a plan. And um, that's, <laughs> again, uh, and, and obviously, as we see in our next scene, that Sam actually had a plan. He just didn't want to share it with Bucky. I, I think he really just didn't want Bucky there. Because like when they entered the warehouse, right? When they entered the warehouse, we really see the difference between the way Sam does his thing and Bucky does his thing. Sam, 
He wants to gather intel. He wants to gather information. He wants to see where these guys are going. He wants to know how many people they're dealing with. Where Bucky is more like, let's get this done. There's the objective. Let's go and do it. And if you think about it, it actually makes sense. Because like when Bucky was the Winter Soldier, when he was brainwashed, that's what he would do. That's sort of the way he was trained to handle things. Just go and get the job done. Where Sam, who was trained by Captain America, Captain America was more like logical. He would sit back and think about things. And um, I, I don't, you know, like, so you can see how Sam reflects Captain America's leadership, the way he would do things and how Bucky would do things the way he does. So it's sort of the different way they, they tackle their objectives. Then we meet Carly Morgenthau. That is um, believed to be a hostage, but she's actually a super soldier. And interestingly enough, this is uh, could be a reference to Carl Morgenthau from the comic books, but they just switched him to a her or. Who knows? It could be her, his daughter. Like he experimented on his daughter first uh, and gave her the formula. But I'm thinking they just replaced it with a girl who is the leader of the Flag Smashers. Um, then a fight pers- you know, happens. We see that really cool fight um, on the semi-trucks. I do think, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more um in a later scene, but I do think Bucky was kind of pulling his punches a little bit. Personally, Bucky does not look like for being a um, brainwashed super soldier with a ton of training and he got his butt kicked. You understand what I'm saying? That didn't make a lot of sense to me of how easily he got his butt kicked. Even though there were more than one soldier, you think with like the training in the background Bucky has, he would have done a little bit more damage. I'm not saying he would have won, but he would have done a little bit more damage. And uh, he didn't. And so I think he was kind of pulling his punches a little bit. That's just me. And then Sam tries to help. But again, like he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just, you know, he just has a really cool gear. So this makes me kind of believe that Sam will eventually get those powers through a so super soldier super soldier formula. He will get those powers through there. So um, Bucky and Sam get helped by John Walker and Battlestar, and we kind of get to see how good John Walker is at fighting. And just like he he's pretty good. He uses a gun. Which we know Captain America did, but it was kind of surreal that like maybe he used it, you know, you know, you think Steve would probably have walked in that situation a little differently to to try to see what was going on more where like John Walker's just like, no, we got to take these guys out. He saves his friend with that shield. I thought that was a really sweet move that he does. Um, But then he... He told uh, 
Carly that she made a big mistake and then she proceeded to kick him off the semi onto a car, which I was wondering, like, with all this going on, why is a car following so close to them? That's that's weird. Like, if you're a car and you see that happening, that fight with two semis side by side, wouldn't you, like, pull over and not travel close behind them? But that's neither here and there neither here nor there and so this goes back to what i said before about why i think he does have a little dose a little dose of super soldier formula and not like a whole vial or like a like the entire dose is because he was not as strong as these super soldiers were or or it could be that the stuff that they got injected into them is a more complete formula where maybe they got like a, a sort of hand-me-down formula and maybe that is why they're trying to get a hold of these formulas because they wanted to use it for themselves like whoever they work for the GRC so we find out that uh, so then we get the scene where Bucky and Sam are walking and uh, Sam is making fun of Bucky. We see that John Walker tries to pick up Sam and Bucky and try to like team up. And then John Walker makes the uh, mention that he did jump on four grenades and he uses his helmet of some sort. He said it was very complex. So I'm kind of interested if they'll dive into that at all because probably not but i was just like how would you use a helmet to do that and what kind of helmet is he using before that's pretty impressive um now sam kind of makes mention that maybe the flag smashers are trying to help so we're kind of getting and, and as we go on to this episode we kind of get like this sympathetic view of the flag flag smashers and what they're trying to accomplish um so is this like to me the, the, is sam eventually going to like start thinking that the flag smashers way is a better way just something to think about or, or keep an eye on i should say we find out the government because they own sam's gear is actually tracking wet red wing and sam does not like it we learn about the global repatriation council and how they are involved and then john walker wants their help but uh it's that one line it's that last line right that's what sam says it's that last sentence he just wants caps captain america's wingman at his side um so i think Sam was upset because Captain America never looked at Sam as a wingman. I mean, I think like if I look back at it, I did, I do, but I think Captain America never did. He looked as uh, Sam as a partner. And so I think that's why he was upset is because, and obviously there's like sort of politics behind that as well where if you're trying to get everybody to accept you for captain america it would be easier if like captain america friends embrace you because then it's more likely everybody else will uh embrace you then we get to see the flag smashers 
and they're called Robin Hoods. And there's a lot of people sympathetic to their cause. And we find out they sort of have like a, what's it called? A, um, a motto. A motto that's one world, one people. So it seems like their goal is to unite the earth or unite the world. What I'm going to, I wonder how these, you know, the serums that they stole, how is that going to accomplish that? That's what I wonder if they're trying to unite the world. Now, they could have a good cause. They could have a good cause, but just not a good effective way to promote that cause. Like the plan falls short. Um, or they have to, um, like if you think of like Thanos, right? Thanos, he had a good outcome. He wanted resources to be infinite and the people to live happy, prosperous lives. But his execution of that plan was, well, let's get rid of half of life. It's like, well, that's not a good, that's not a good execution. It could be the same way here. They might have a good plan, like a, a good end goal, one world, one people, but is the ex execution flawed? Is, you know, and, and they'll still end up being sort of like antagonists in some way. So Bucky mentioned stealing the shield. Uh, Sam mentioned, no, the last time we did it, Sharon Carter, um, she's considered enemy of the state, and Captain America and Sam and um, Black Widow, they had to be on the run for two years. And I think that's where the a, a little bit of the animosity comes from uh, with Sam and Bucky. I think Sam is upset in, in his own way that for two years he had to be away from his family he had to be on the run, and it was all kind of for Bucky. Because, you know, um, Captain America believed Bucky was right and believed that, um, and he was right, right? Um, Captain America was right, but essentially, Sam lost, again, two years because of Bucky. In civil war, in the Sokovia courts, so it it could be a little bit of animosity between Sam and Bucky, uh, for that reason. So then they go and meet Isaiah Bradley. Now Isaiah Bradley in the comic books was a Captain America as well, and I think he in fact was the first black Captain. America. But before we meet Isaiah, we meet Eli Bradley, and that is his grandson, who uh, in the comics helps start the Young Avengers and is part of the Young Avengers. But we find out that Isaiah met Bucky during the Korean War and kind of kicked his butt. He ripped off half his arm um, and he was sent there because other soldiers were sent there to stop Bucky, but none of them came back. So only Isaiah was able to get the best of Bucky. But I thought what was super interesting about the scene is Bucky actually called him a hero. So we see how Bucky views Isaiah. Um, but he mentioned that... Um, <laughs> 
he's like, you want to know how they treat heroes like him, like Isaiah? They put him in jail for 30 years and run experiments on him. That's basically what happened. And that was so sad. That's sad, sad part to hear about that they uh, ran experiments on him for 30 years, probably to try to duplicate the formula. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he showed his powers by throwing that like tin, tin can into the wall. Uh, Sam looked completely shocked when that happened. And uh, Isaiah said something interesting. He said, it doesn't work like that, at least for people like me, or, you know, as far as changing. Like, I'm not a killer anymore. That's what Bucky says. And he's like, well, maybe it works for people like you. So it, I don't know if this is because I think it is. It's because Bucky's white, so he was treated differently. However, the only thing I would say that I thought, you know, maybe something's lost in translation here is, like, he didn't know that Bucky was brainwashed and he didn't know that he was no longer brainwashed and he wasn't, you know, obviously doing anything under his own mental power he was being forced to sort of do these things but i think it the like the underlining um message is it's sad because he could just assume that anyway even without knowing the details he could assume assume it anyways so we find out two hydra also did experiments on isaiah bradley and um this makes sense because S.H.I.E.L.D., remember, uh, Hydra was actually working through S.H.I.E.L.D. and eventually gained power over S.H.I.E.L.D. and in Winter Soldier. So um, they would have been able to get their hands on, on Isaiah Bradley. And this could be how the Super Soldier formula is out there being injected into people. And then during a heated discussion where Sam was very upset at Bucky for not telling him, uh, the police officer stopped. And this was probably the uh, part of the show where, uh, well, this entire sequence uh, where race was um, involved. So at first, when the cops pulled up, they uh, Sam was immediately annoyed because he's like, what's up, man? Like that. <laughs> um, and, you know, he wasn't the most respectful person. <laughs> but, but, um, because I've heard this kind of going around that, that Sam wasn't respectful to the police officers. And, and it's true, he wasn't. And I think that no matter who you are, you should always talk respectfully to a police officer, no matter what, what they may approach you about. Um, however, the intentions or the underlining problem showed up when they found out who Sam was because then their tone totally changed. When they found out that he was the Falcon, it was like, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry. But when, um, because Sam was the aggressive one, they only singled out Sam in as part of being the problem, although they were just talking. They were just talking. Um, so we could see how <laughs> we're seeing more of this uh, theme of uh, systemic racism systemic racism and here's the thing um, 
just you know i i'm a part of a group where someone mentioned about how he you know he's like a cop and how that scene made him feel you know like he was punched in the gut like he doesn't like him being betrayed like this like his his profession but um remember like most people watching the show recognize that not all cops are like this in fact it's probably the minority but there are cops like this and that's the point the show and i know like shows are supposed to be sort of an escapism too like we don't want to deal with reality which is true except putting reality into shows like these and other uh, real life problems i should say uh, makes it more real to us how would our heroes handle similar situations that we face and here's the other thing like we see shows where politicians are corrupt we see shows where doctors and other medical professionals do things more so for money than for people and we see like uh, tv shows that paint lawyers in a bad light and other professions as well so it's not like cops or police officers are the only professions uh, in TV, in entertainment, that get painted in a bad light in some ways uh, because of real life. We know that there are some corrupt politicians. We know that some doctors or medical professionals probably do things for the bottom line. We understand that with lawyers, they're more worried about winning the cases that they get than doing what is right so don't like take this as a personal attack on you if you're a police officer and you do things right it's just the real world it's just marvel putting something in there so that we can be invested to see how our heroes our heroes would respond to similar situations that we face in real life uh not not me personally but the people uh that uh you know like black people so um, but then it ended up that uh, Bucky, Bucky was picked up because he missed his therapy appointment. So he was the one in trouble and they handled Bucky uh, way nicer than they did Sam. Um, we go into our next scene and this is where we see Bucky's therapist and John Walker's the one that kind of uh, gives him the exceptions. He gets him out. He tells the therapist, listen, he's not going to be under such restrictions anymore because I need him. And he tells him and Sam to meet him outside. But before that, we get to see my favorite scene of the uh, episode, which was the therapy session between Bucky and Sam. And uh, it started very awkwardly, right? Uh, it started out where if they could wish for a miracle, neither one of them, uh, I mean, both of them, not neither, but both of them would wish that the other one would talk less, which was uh, funny. And then the soul gazing exercise which Bucky loved because he loves to stare and um, they had to get super close. And then we really find out Bucky's deal with Sam, his, his animosity towards Sam, animosity towards Sam. And that is that because Sam gave up the shield, which that was the shield that was Steve's legacy. It represented everything Steve represented and Steve believed in Sam enough to believe and trust that Sam was the right person to be Captain America. He said um, if S Steve was wrong about Sam, 
then maybe he was wrong about Bucky. So Bucky, again, is having a... He needs that validation from Steve. He needs that... Um, that that belief that Steve was right about him. So self-identity or self-importance comes up again. He doesn't value himself without Captain America or his best friend Steve Rogers validating him. So that's something that, again, that this show will probably play into as we go along. But we get Sam. Sam said, Maybe this is something you and Steve won't understand, but uh, I did what I felt was right. So this again tells me there was more than just him not feeling worthy, but there must have been something a little bit more to it for him giving up the shield because he continues to talk about what's right, what he felt was right. Don't tell me my rights. So I I just feel like there's maybe a little bit more that we're going to find out why he gave up this shield. Then we go outside and John Walker's waiting for um, Sam and Bucky and Lamar's with him and they try to get them to join forces again, which seems, you know, like a good idea, but John's always doing it for the wrong reasons and Bucky kind of gets under John's skin. John seems super annoyed with Bucky. Sam brought up a really good point though, like, you know, John and and Lamar, they're going to have restrictions. They're going to have red line that they can't cross. They're they're going to be allowed to do things and not allowed to do things. Where because Sam and Bucky are free, you know, kind of their own contractors, that they can do what they need to do to get the job done. So um, when leaving... John Walker just tells him, you better stay out of my way. So we kind of see this attitude he has. He has a real uh, sense of pride in himself and his abilities. Um, He's also a little cocky. And I feel like he's letting this power go to his head. Uh, John Walker, like I said before, just because he's using his power to get Bucky, you know, out of his therapy sessions. He's using his power uh, to track uh, Sam's stuff. He's using his power to uh, try to like I feel like kind of be flashy in front of Sam and Bucky to to kind of get them to work with him but it didn't work because that's not what Captain America was about that wasn't what Steve Rogers was about he wasn't about using his power to get what he wants or make things easier for him he always did what was right so we're seeing the difference between a soldier with guts and a good man that's what we're seeing we're seeing a soldier um, with guts, how they act, versus what a good man with compassion acts. Then we hear our, about the power broker. So this is exciting, the power broker. So we kind of have an alias to whoever the bad guy or the antagonist is that the Flag Smashers uh, stole all this, um, these uh, vials from. And the flag smasher, I mean, not the flag smashers, the power brokers, the power broker is uh, in the comics. In the comics, he was uh, Curtis Jackson, who actually did experiments to make wrestlers stronger, faster, more endurance, because he wanted to like cheat to win to make more money. Um, so 
he actually created superheroes like Miss Marvel, John Walker, and Lamar Hoskins, you know, aka Battlestar. So, I mean, it wasn't just them, but th- those were three notable ones that he helped kind of create. And interesting, he in the comics, he was killed by the Punisher. And we know that the Punisher is most likely going to come into the MCU. And so it'll be interesting how that all ties together. That's going to be fun. Um, I think, though, the power broker will probably not be Curtis Samuel. I think, uh, I mean, Curtis Jackson. Curtis Jackson, and I'll tell you why, is um, I think who who's it going to be, and this is just a theory of mine, is actually going to be uh, General Ross, Thunderbolt Ross, um, who was the general who had uh abomination basically created right he to to stop the hulk he's been interested in the super soldier formula ever since the hulk and replicating it and he's been um even with the sofovia accords he's been just trying to control superheroes so he's trying to find a way to do this and so I assume, or I'm, I believe, that this is going to end up being who the power broker is, is uh, General Ross. Then we see our final scene, um, which was Falcon and... I almost said Falcon and Sam. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sam and Bucky, getting ready to go see Zemo, which we saw a chessboard. Um, that reminded me of the X-Men with Magneto. Uh, with a chessboard, um, but we're not. I'm not saying that we're going to see Magneto. I'm just saying that was kind of like a, a cool reminder um, scene. Uh, so we're going to see how that interaction goes. Hopefully, starting next uh, episode. So that comes out on Friday. So that's my review of the scene by scene. Some theories, uh, other side notes. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. I give this episode a nine out of ten. I think a another really good episode. I watched it three or four times now, and it it's it's it goes by so fast. They they're doing such a good job. I think the um, storylines, the plots, are so well done, and uh, it, it works. It works so far. The relationship between Sam and Bucky is is really interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say besides that. So that was the review of the episode two of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, the Star Spangled Man. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode, uh, the review of episode two of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast. Um, Tell your friends about it, too. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at Nutty Buddy Entertainment. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please email me at nuttybuddy at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs>